Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. Today is going to be our first kind of series, I guess, that we're doing, which is going to be fixing the Padres this offseason. Now, normally it's going to be me, Chase, and Isaac, but today we brought Ryan on. Me and Ryan have had numerous conversations about this. Um, and today we're going to be talking about, you know, from kind of the top down, how the Padres need to change how their organization works, you know, day in and day out, really, and the adoption of some analytics and how they're going to really change to have an organization that is promoting success and resembles that of other org- of other baseball organizations that have been doing really well, uh, especially lately. Um, one organization that we're probably going to bring up a lot just throughout this is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays because we've seen how much they have overperformed, um, especially in recent years. So, Chase, if I could just say, what do you want the Padres to adopt? How do you want them to fundamentally change this organization would be a couple things that would really stand out to you. Hiring coaches that work with analytics, hiring multiple coaches in each department. You can't just have one hitting coach. We've had like probably five hitting coaches in the past five years. We haven't had a single consistent one. The team always underperforms the second half of season, mostly because they're slumping and they can't fix it. So multiple hitting coaches that work with analytics that are very video heavy. Same thing with the pitching staff, really work on the mechanics, the analytics, kind of driveline. Hopefully these pitchers stay healthy, they get their stuff back, and they kind of overperform compared to what they did last year. Um, Especially on the hitting side, we saw a severe lack of power this year. Uh, Other than Tatis and maybe Machado, Machado's power numbers were down this year, but at the beginning of the season, he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Hosmer has like... I think we mentioned the uh, last episode. He had the worst slugging in all of the NL. Myers had a down year power-wise. Grisham didn't hit 20 home runs. Nola hit two home runs. Profar hit a couple, and that's kind of way down compared to what he was on the A's. Fam was just outside of that one hot stretch. Horrible. I mean, we really need to go back to the basics and be like, yeah, we need to hire more coaches that are very analytical can look at all these guys as swings and not rely on just one person to deal with 13 different bats and 13 different videotapes and breaking down 13 different swings. Yeah, we can't have that. In order to be a successful team, you see all these other teams, they have five hitting coaches, one main one, and then kind of four supplemental. And then I think it's the Rays. They have like six pitching coaches and each one of them does a little bit different of a thing. And the Rays get pitchers like crazy. They're bullpen stacked and with no name for guys. They are king of trades for a reason. They're very analytical. Um, They succeed with kind of minimal talent, I would say. I mean, you don't see the Rays and be like, wow, this team has every guy that I know of on this team. You look at that team and you're like, I don't know five of these names, but why are they having career years? (laughs) We we don't have that. We go for superstars that underperform the next year that we trade for them. So just kind of like you were saying, we need to adopt analytics more. And then, Ryan, what about you? So uh, I want to specifically touch on on something Jace, Chase, Chase just talked about. Sorry, we were just talking about Jace Tangler. I got his, his name in my head. Um, so I think two places we really need to focus on in terms of hitting are launch angle and focusing more on OPS rather than batting average. Um, you know, the way the sport has kind of moved analytically over the past couple of years, 
batting average is no longer king when it comes to hitting. It used to be like that. Everyone, you know, looked at who was hitting the, for the highest average to determine who the best hitter in the league is. That's just not the case anymore. That's that's like saying, you know, you, you got you got people who are you know saying that you know analytical nerds are ruining baseball. That's like saying analytical nerds are ruining life by inventing the car. Like we're just it's just evolution. People are coming up with better ideas of how to look at things, and you know through that that process, we've determined that. OPS and, and you know on base plus slugging is, is better than batting average. You know because if you look at two groups of two players, what's going to produce a run? Is it going to be two singles back to back, or is it going to be a walk and a double? It's obviously the second one. Um, and I think that is the mindset that going into this off season, this team needs to have. We have too many guys towards the bottom of that lineup that are just single or nothing. Adam Frazier, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Pham, for the most part. Um, I don't want to say Will Myers, but, you know, Jerks and Profar. And it it's just killing us because we put so many people on base and they just don't score. We need to have more power in this lineup. And I think part of the problem we have with people dropping off in terms of their power is we don't adopt launch angle enough. And, you know, that could that really you know, annoys me and I'm sure it annoys everyone else because you look at teams like the Giants and the Rays and other teams like that. They're turning, you know, guys who you would never think would hit 20 home runs to guys who like, you know, Brandon Lau, for example, is about to hit 40 home runs. No one ever thought he'd do that. It's because they're determining the optimal swing for him to hit more extra base hits because they have figured out that extra base hits lead to more runs. It's it's that simple. That you got guys like Eric Hosmer, Adam Frazier, if you look at his launch angle when he came over from the Pirates, it went down dramatically. And that should never happen. You should never have a guy come over to a team and just from the simple fact that he's in that clubhouse and going, you know, listening to those coaches or maybe listening to Eric Hosmer, which is probably what happened, you should never see their launch angle go down and their OPS go down with it. It's not like there's no complicated problem with Adam Frazier. I'm, I'm sorry, he's the one I want to focus on right now because he's a prime example. I think it's really simple. He came over, Eric Hosmer told him this stupid BS about how hitting the ball on the ground with the new baseball is going to lead to more success or something like that, and he started to suck. It's that simple. So I think launch angle – adopting an OPS approach over, you know, singles and batting average, I think that's going to help us tremendously going in next year. Yeah, it's really interesting looking at Adam Frazier's launch angle and his stats. They uh, they both both absolutely plummet after he's traded. Like it is bad. It completely drops off. Also, bring up bringing up Eric Hosmer a lot. If you ever look at Eric Hosmer's numbers when his launch angle goes up, they go way up. Like Hosmer's numbers will increase a bunch. We talked about it before. He started adopting a, a a bigger, like a higher launch angle as the year went on. Numbers started going up, got hot, and then it completely fell off the table. It just it just stopped happening. Like his launch angle went back down I, for whatever what reason. Um, maybe that's the whole organization being like not pro launch angle, which doesn't make any sense. Um, Ryan, I like that you brought up you know bringing like the car and stuff. Another thing in sports that we've seen, which isn't this, like, oh, the nerds are taking over. What about the doctors? 
because it was about 30 years ago, maybe 40, where if you had an ACL tear, your career was likely over. That's what made Jerry Rice like so amazing is because he got hurt and everyone's like, yeah, well, he's done. And then he came back and he was still Jerry Rice. And everyone's like, what the heck? You can do that from an ACL? That didn't used to happen. So as, and now we see all the time, like you have an ACL tear. Okay, you're, you're going to be back in nine months. You might be back in six. Um, so that's just an example there. Also looking at the longevity of guys' careers, looking at how, especially in baseball, pitchers used to throw like every three days and throw for like 180 pitches. And then they would pitch for like six seasons and then their arms would get shot. Like there are ways that the sport gets better. There are things that are going to happen. The Oakland A's, I mean, obviously Moneyball is the, the famous example, but that's even different than nowadays. That was just simple on base opposed to average, which we've started to see. But now you've even seen this like second level of that where, hey, slugging really matters. Slugging matters a ton. And what do you see this year with the Padres offensively from 2020 to 2021? The biggest thing is that their slugging fell off like well, – Chase, we looked it up. Wasn't it like 60 points or almost 60 points? I think it was between 45 and 60. It was like a ton. And we were looking, we we're like, because we were just going through the episode. We we're talking about that. And I was like, I got to see this. And so I like found all like team numbers. And I was completely shocked that that was the case. Um, so that's another thing to bring up. What's going to improve? You need to change the way that your coach. Chase, you brought up a great example. And we've talked about this with McKenzie Gore in the past. McKenzie Gore needs a guy to be working with him when he's having issues. And eventually when things got really bad, that's what the Padres did because they started freaking out. Like, oh my God, we just ruined this guy. Like we just ruined a top player. And then now what happens to McKenzie Gore? He starts bouncing back, starts doing better. But he needs to get that work day in and day out. Adrian Martinez needs to get that work day in and day out. He might not be a top prospect. You have to do that with every single prospect. The final thing I want to talk about with the Padres, um, which is something that is pretty pretty crazy um not analytics but the tampa bay Rays. do you guys know one of the things that they value more than anything in their minor league system winning they pretty much like had a clean sweep of every single uh like uh farm league like you know a high a low a double a all that one of their leagues they went to the championship and they lost i believe every single one of the other ones they won they, they are trying to win. That doesn't mean that they have all the best prospects. It means that they have guys that they're putting into situations to succeed. Where the Potters are like, no, we're trying to just only develop these players. Obviously, the Rays are doing something right. And obviously, need, we, everyone needs to take note. What's a team that's taken note this year? The Giants. And we are seeing probably one of the biggest overperformances ever. Now, talking about overperforming, right? If everyone starts doing it, then this is going to become the norm. So you can either be stuck kind of in the past and just, I don't even know what you're doing, like doing absolutely nothing. Or you can start, you know, figuring this out, adopting these different things, looking into, okay, we do need to get more pitching coaches. We do need to get more hitting coaches. We do need to actually focus on our minor league systems to win and not just like kind of developing players, even though there's not the staff there that's actually there for them, but just bringing in talent. You've heard this happen. You, you hear this talked about, among guys that have been to the top and done it, talent doesn't really mean anything when you get to this level. And so the Padres need to build up a much better organization if they're going to have a lot of success. That's why we're leading off this series with this, because this is going to be the biggest thing. 
you can have, you know, you can have a, a couple of years where your roster is so stacked that you can overcome it. But if you want to be an organization that wins consistently and has, you know, and Tatis has looked back on it, wow, Tatis went to a bunch of World Series and he won two or three of them. If you want to have the organization, then you need to fundamentally change the way you're doing things and how you're approaching the game. Um, so I'm all for it. I love it. But anything else you guys want to add before we take off out here? Yeah, the the one other thing that we probably need to do is, since we're going to be adopting more analytics, is we need to stop going after the big fish in the market. Every time you see an off-season move or in the winter season, we're always connected to the biggest names. But you look at teams like the Dodgers, the Rays, and the Giants, they'll go after the lesser names and turn them into superstars. The Padres used to do that, or at least with the bullpen. They used to pick up no names and turn them into all-star receivers. When is the last time we picked up a guy and that's happened in the last two years? We can say the bullpen's really underperformed, like all the stars that we've gotten have really underperformed. We can't really look at a guy and be like, wow, this guy has really overperformed from the time he's been on the Padres from his career norms outside. I don't think we can say that the last two years. Ryan, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I actually, Chase just brought up a really good point with that. Um, if you look at who was the best signing last offseason, I would argue it was Marcus Simeon for, for the Blue Jays. He's you know a top five MVP candidate. In the AL, he just hit 45 home runs. He he has the highest uh, fan grass war of any free agent going into this offseason, you know, higher, higher than like Correa, uh, Robbie Ray, all, the, all those people who have performed really well. Marcus Simeon's at the top. You get a one-year contract coming off of a horrible season where he had like a, a 600 OPS, and people in the Blue Jays organization looked past that. They looked at his numbers, and they said – well, it looks more like he got a little bit more unlucky rather than his performance dropped off. Let's give him, you know, a one-year prove-it contract and see if he can get those numbers back to reflect, uh, you know, the underlying statistics, you know, the the savant numbers, which I'm going to, you know, bring up in future episodes if, if I come back on. But uh, And there is a free agent out there like that. I just want to shout that out before we get to me doing my, my off-season plan. Look at Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto just had like a horrible season. He had, he had same thing, OPS in the 600s. He, he looked terrible. He's probably not going to go back to the Mets. But then go back to his his baseball savant percentiles and look at all his underlying numbers. It's there's no drop off in performance. He's still the same Michael Conforto that hit you know 34 home runs and played a really good right field. He just got a little bit unlucky this year, and I think that is the perfect name for the the Padres to go after if you adopt this analytical you know point of view and you hire hitting coaches that are more driven to developing players and making them better then Michael Conforto is a a slam dunk of a signing you're going to bring him in and he's going to be the old Michael Conforto again because he never really stopped being that but it's up to us to put that process into motion yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, buy, being on the side of buying low and then having upside and having a guy turn into something more than what he signed for would be very nice than all of, not all of, I mean, outside of Fernando and, and Manny, though, like there's not many guys that you can name in the past few years that have came on small deals and looked a lot better. Even like 
some of the upside signings like Garrett Richard, it's like, all right, well, what was the benefit of that? Like there wasn't really much there where I remember, you know, the days where who was it? Who was the guy that was so nasty out of the bullpen that the Padres moved for so much in like 2010? Houston Street. Houston Street was one of them. I mean, there's a lot of guys you can go to. I don't know why I can't think of his name. Yeah, I was going to say Houston Street because that was a pretty decent package from the Angels at the time. I mean, Kirby was a great name too recently. I mean, there's been and a lot of guys. Kim- we moved Kimbrell for a lot. Um, Heath Bell? Fernando Rodney too. Are you talking about guys we bought low on or like someone like we made a big deal for? No, no, guys we bought low on. Oh, I Brad Brad right, Hand is definitely one of them. Yeah, I don't know. The guy I'm thinking of, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Um, but these guys are all, you know, same same examples. Doing those type of moves are so much better than going and signing Eric Cosmer or, and I know this one might hurt, Chase, extending Will Myers too early. Like, if you don't extend Will Myers too early and it, Will Myers is still a Padre, like, look, he would probably be looked at a lot differently if he was making less money. You know, like, that's just the reality of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough when you go out there and you signing these guys for bigger deals and it's just like, like, why don't you go for someone else that maybe is having more upside? Um, also, and you know, you brought up Michael Conforto about com- like coming back to the median. I think one guy we saw this year that kind of had that inverse happen was Ryan Weathers, Ryan Weathers early on, his numbers looked great, but if you looked into his baseball savant numbers, they were absolutely terrible. They were like really, really bad. And everyone just kind of ignored that. We brought it up one time. And I'm not going to say that we were like, oh, yeah, Ryan Weathers is going to fall off because we definitely were not there. But we brought it up like, hey, like, could we move Ryan Weathers and sell high? And everyone was like, no, we are not moving Ryan Weathers. And so against it, I get it. I still have belief in Ryan Weathers. But, like, they do come – they usually do come back to the median. So that's why I, li- I like that idea as well. Um, Got to adopt a winning philosophy in the minor league systems as well. And I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for, for this offseason. If you start seeing some moves where it's like, hey, this guy is – they're going after guys that fit that mold instead of they're bringing guys in here that aren't really going to care about their launch angle and it's just going to like promote bad slugging and, and you're not going to have high OPSs and you're not going to – you're frankly, then you're not going to win games. You're not going to produce runs. That's the way you produce runs. We're seeing it across the league and – to me, that's something that really has to happen. It's it's an absolute it's ne- it's a necessity at this point, I believe. Um, but that's gonna do it for today's episode. Um, we're gonna be going through our offseason plan. All right, well, you know who do who do we want at this spot? You know, should this guy be moved? Potential trade packages. As we go through this offseason, when you guys comment, oh, I want to see them make a move like this, we'll talk about those as well. Any moves the Padres may make, we'll keep you guys up to date as well. But that is gonna do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening, and thank you, for Ryan, for joining us in this one as well.